in Matthew's Gospel, the disciple Peter often seems to get a bit of a hard time. We, we classify him as impatient and always wanting to jump in maybe just a, a little bit too soon. He says the wrong thing and is told again and again by Jesus that he's a, a little bit wide off the mark, not quite doing what he's supposed to be doing. This happens yet again in today's passage. Uh, Peter says seven and Jesus says no, 77 or as some Bibles translate it, seven times 70. E either way, the, these are big numbers compared to what Peter has suggested and uh, quite widely different from it, isn't it? However, before we go further, let's choose not to bemoan the fisherman turned follower too much and instead look at what Peter has got right. Having heard the, the teaching of Jesus about sin among believers that we were considering last week, Peter wants to ask about forgiving other believers. He, he's on the right track there, isn't he? He's saying, well, yes, there's sin, but I want to love. I want to forgive. I want to reach out. I want to cause the transformation that you cause in the world, Jesus. And this is good, and it is a credit to him. As is simply calling Jesus Lord, because he's got a listen. It shows deference. It shows he understands the previous teaching that there will be people within the believers that sin, but he will always recognise the place of Jesus and seek to follow Jesus' way. Now, some would say that, that Peter is maybe deliberately fishing for a low number here. He says seven. You know, that, that's well wide of Jesus. Why has he gone so low? But actually, Peter probably thinks he's being generous here. You see, re rabbis generally said, you should forgive three times. You know, one, yeah, that's the first time. Two, yeah, a third time. But then after that, no forgiveness. And so Peter is doing more than a doubling of what was already taught as being a rightful heart. Going for seven, it, it, to Peter's mind, it, it's a slight extravagance. You know, granted it's not as high as 12, the number of tribes of Israel, which might have given other meanings about forgiveness, but nonetheless, to the culture of the day, seven is much greater than three. And it's with this knowledge that, that seven actually is probably to most people a generous number that uh, Jesus is joking a little with Peter as he comes out with these larger numbers. That There's a little bit of banter in the conversation. I'm not really a fan of banter, but um, it does happen. It's all right. 
the, the alternative numbers of 77 and 490, depending on how your translation goes, are to be taken as not actual numbers, but as examples of completeness upon a completeness. If Peter had said an infinite number of times, which may well be what he was thinking of as he said the number seven, then Jesus is kind of suggesting that it's well, truly an infinity times infinity number of times that we are to forgive. You know, we are always to forgive. But we have to remember that forgiveness in itself is not quite automatic. The idea of an incredible number is emphasised in the illustrative uh, parable that, that Jesus follows with. Uh, and of course, as we thought earlier in the year, a parable is a story that is thrown out for us to catch and to understand and uh, hopefully take a new meaning. The amount of money owed by the senior servant at the, at the start of the parable, 10,000 bags of gold, 10,000, uh, is like 20 years of typical earner's income of the time. You know, 20 years. That, that's not simply a mortgage. It is a demand of instant repayment of probably more than a million, much more than a million, multi-millions. Jean-Paul Getty uh, famously is quoted for saying, if you owe the bank $100, that's your problem. If you owe the bank $100 million, that's the bank's problem. What does the bank do? How can it recoup the loss? It maybe can't. It's maybe not able to get that money back. But perhaps it can cut its loss. It can write it off and start a new relationship with the customer, a new beginning. And as far back as Leviticus, we see the concept of debt cancellation is uh, is there every jubilee, every 50 years. There was to be a restoration, the debt cancelled, and a new beginning for the people. They could start afresh. Debt cancelling has blessed people. Yesterday, the 16th of September, was the 70th anniversary of the London Debt Agreement coming into effect. That was the cancelling of West Germany's pre-war public and private debt and of the post-war economic assistance. It allowed a very different future for Europe than what had happened in Germany after the First World War. It, it didn't cover the reparation costs of the Second World War that Germany was still to pay, but it made a major difference to European peace and the prosperity of Germany as a whole. 20 years ago, 
debt cancellation was one of the concept behind Make Poverty History campaign. Do you remember those uh, white bands that some of us might have worn on our wrists? It included the, the call to drop the debt of those underdeveloped nations in the global south. Loans foolishly given by banks or nations to those who had no reasonable means to repay. That simply introduced enslavement, which is unjust and hinders the weakest from being able to flourish. The servant in our parable pleads for forgiveness. He pleads for the cancellation of the debt. He pleads for the master to be kind and generous. He doesn't deserve that. And yet he asks for it. And the loving master relents and releases him. We owe a debt to the heavenly master for the two numerous things we do that are against his ways. We could not possibly repay with money, with words, with actions. There, there is nothing we could do to repay the debt of sin that we cause. And yet, when we turn to Jesus, when we petition for forgiveness, he wipes the slate of sin clean. But what if that cancellation, what if that wiping clean doesn't cause a transformation in our lives? Peter called Jesus Lord at the start of the passage. 